Sight Lap is brought to you by Yamaha. Rev your heart and join the Blue Crew for contingency, technical support videos, trackside support, demos and riding schools, apparel and merchandise. Get on the winning team. Join Yamaha's Blue Crew today. Nihilo Concepts, the leaders in grip technology. Whether it's frame grip, lever grip, grip donuts, which are fully customizable, or even the SOS device, which will keep you from being stranded. Check out all the products Nihilo Concepts makes for your motorcycle. And by Complete Racing Solutions, the leading resource for health and wellness and performance, where results are driven by the science of performance. Visit CompleteRacingSolutions.com for more information on training, nutrition, hydration, recovery, injury prevention, flexibility, and so much more. It's an incredible resource. Get over to CompleteRacingSolutions.com. And by FlowVision. FlowVision goggles combine a lifetime of riding and racing experience to create the perfect goggle. Includes outrigger performance fitment system for optimal function, a removable nose guard for added protection and rider comfort, triple layer rider comfort foam for maximum sweat absorption and fitment, relaxed nose support for increased breathing, boundary ventilation system to aid with sweat reduction and relief, a 45 millimeter wide anti-slip strap with a 3D printed poly logo, Flowvision lenses are three times thicker than the standard goggle lens for clarity of vision, and they come in multicolors. It's CE certified, and get this, they retail for $56. Check out Flowvision goggles today. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sight Lap. We're looking forward this weekend to the Hangtown National. Grant Langston here with me today, and uh, we're going to just sort of dive into what uh, we're looking for as we go into Sacramento. Let's first talk about that facility, because... It's definitely improved over the years, yeah. racing there in the 90s, and, and even our first, your first time there in 01 when we were teammates, that place used to be as hard as woodpecker lips is what I used to always say, and just they would pour water on it. It's like a skating rink until it would, you know, the mud would slosh off. They've done, since then, a much better job of bringing in material, trying to mix it up and making a more uh, friendly, raceable surface, but uh, it used to be a pretty big pile of crap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I first came here, I remember, I think, uh, I ended up winning the first year I was here, and uh, um, a journalist was like, looks like you like this track. I said, nope. And I said, I'm just glad I won. <laughs> so um, it has come a long way over the years, and even even now, since I've stopped racing, you can see how much it's improved. They do mix it in. It, it, they've got like some mulch, a bit of sand, and it's different areas. But like anything, you can't get it perfectly tilled in everywhere. Like on jumps and hills, that loose stuff always gets kind of washed away. So... At some of the bases, it's a little more lo loamy and, and softer, but it kind of catches guys out. Every year, in the last few years, you've seen some big crashes, cartwheeling coming down the hill through those rollers. Um, I would still describe it as it's gotten a little faster. It's The dirt has gotten better, but it's still a bit of a sketchy track. Mm -hmm. Like, it can bite you at any second, it seems like. Yeah, that, that good dirt that they bring in with the best of intentions moves away you get down to that base but in your head you're thinking oh it's great it's traction or a, little, or a little square edge like oh, yeah. you said and then and then you don't even see because the, they water enough moisture's down there and if you hit that hard pack and you get to it, it it's pretty slick and uh from what i remember bobby bonds fans really love you up there right yes that, okay yeah, they do i get i get christmas cards every year you've had you've had some great rides that obviously wasn't a great one for bobby but that was an impressive race well, he was riding really well he it, was riding to this awesome. day right. that it, if he if he had finished that second motor, it still would have been his best result. Yeah, uh, two two on the day. So he was riding well. I mean, he did kind of piss me off. So I, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't mean to take him out. 
but uh, no hard feelings. And then of course, <laughs> I have no, no hard feelings. feelings for, no hard feelings from my side. And then uh, obviously 05, everyone remembers the, uh, the Alessi DL. That, that may have been the, the best moto of my life. You rode like a savage and then destroyed your ankle 10 feet from the finish line. I know. I don't know if it was worth all the cheers, but anyway, I, w- I was in that race mode and I was coming like a freight train and I felt really good. And then, you know, once I saw him, I'm like, I can get him, I can get him. And then I saw the two lap card, I'm like, dang it, I need another lap. And I pushed as hard as I could. So, I mean, it, in hindsight, yeah, maybe I should have just taken second. I would have won the overall, been leading the points, everything would have been great, but not my style, I went for it. Well, that's what champions do. My best finish there was uh, I beat everyone to the hospital uh, with a separated shoulder. Uh, so we both have our... We both have a couple Ws. <laughs> <laughs> we both have our hot points. Let's start with the 250 class looking ahead this weekend outside of the facility. The weather's looking great. Weather's saying about 72 to 75 degrees, partly cloudy. If you're a fan, you couldn't ask for much better. Yeah. Um, bring some uh, Benadryl or Zyrtec. A lot of times allergies can be bananas this time of year up there. I almost had to go to the hospital one year just because the, the, there's so much grass around there. If you have seasonal allergies, it's a mess. Um, so just some things to think about if you're going to watch. Tubity class, the Lawrence brothers, uh, absolutely dominated last weekend. I mean, put a stamp on that place. And I'm really interested to see, kind of, I've been, I've been sort of anticipating Hunter stepping up and fighting with his brother a little bit. And I would love to see Hunter get the whole shot and Jet start about 10th and see what happens. I think on, on, on the day, um depending how each one's riding. I really feel if Hunter gets out front, and like you said, Jet's not quite there. Um, Hunter is uh, very solid, very smooth, and which kind of makes me think the way, but him and his brother, they ride very similar in so many ways that when you go, oh, this track might suit him, it's gonna suit both of them <laughs> in my opinion. But the, um, I think with these long ruts where he can stand through some of them, I, I, again, I think it's gonna be a track that suits the brothers, but yeah, Hunter, <laughs> Hunter might have to start playing dirty, line up next to his bro, chop him off, get the whole <laughs> shot, and then... But I don't know how brothers operate like that. I couldn't imagine thinking, because every time I competed with someone, even if they were a nice guy or whatever, you don't like them. Like, you use that to channel, like, I hate yeah. that guy, I'm gonna beat him all cost. Now it's your brother who's happy-go-lucky, happy for you the whole time. I'd be like, can you be a bit of a dick so I can hate you? Yeah, and please. get over this. This is, that, that in itself is a weird dynamic we've never had. Like the Volan brothers race, uh, Tyson and Talon, but they were never kind of same level, same yeah. time. The Alessis, not the same level. The Tedescos. We've never had two brothers, both capable of winning. <laughs> One and two on the podium. It's, it's On the same team. <laughs> yeah, on the same team. Uh, so interesting to see what they do. We're going to keep an eye on those two and look for that fight and see if they'll, uh, you know... The brothers hate each other by the end of the year. <laughs> but Sacramento, for whatever reason, it does seem like one of those tracks. I think because you have a lot of those kind of down the hill tight turns, a good start is important. If you're like 20th, it just seems like it's one of those tracks where the, everyone spreads out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to come from 20th. Um, there are other tracks where, you know, I feel like um, maybe Southwick or you know, there's a few tracks back east where you, you come down the hills and there's Buds, Eight different Buds line. has some lines, Unidillic is wide. But wider. like Hangtown often gets one good line and then one okay line. So it does make it kind of difficult to really come through the pack there. A couple of guys to watch for from a local perspective, and we see this at Southwick, the local kids just shine, people mm-hmm. you've never even heard of. Home track advantage is a real thing. Max Boland lives up in this area, and uh, Moseman is also from this area as well. So uh, I think this would be a real good shot. And we talked about it in our first uh, writers meeting show this week. 
that this could be a great chance for Max to kind of get a, a confidence boost, yeah. get himself back up to the front and, and remember that, hey, I, I can ride up here with these guys. Yeah, no, he definitely does. I mean, he started last year as a rookie leading most of the very first motor at Parla, and then it was just a, you know, a slew of things that came afterwards that I think, like you, you said, probably beat his uh, confidence down. Now he's coming to his home national, he'll have his family, his friends. You know, for some kids it adds pressure, but a lot of these youngsters nowadays have ridden with so much pressure through the amateur ranks and pressing big teams, getting factory rides that I don't, I don't really think that's an excuse like it used to be like, oh, everyone's watching me now. I think it's more like, I like this track, I know this track, I need to do well. And, and if he can get a good start, that's gonna be important too. He, um, every time he gets a good start, he runs up front for a while. So that's gonna be critical. So keep an eye on those two for local boys. I think some of the other storylines that I'm looking for to be to find answers to is how quickly can Justin Cooper uh, find his potential? You know, he's coming back from injuries, not 100%. Was quick early on in the motos last week at Paula, but um, definitely faded. And so what does that do? What will that weekend's fitness and sort of getting those nerves out of the way? Can he relax a little more now? Can he hang on better? Um, I, would I, would, think so. I would look for him up on the box, you know, third or fourth, it'd be my guess. but. This is a kid who's definitely a title contender if he can find that soon and not let the Lawrence brothers get away. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's gonna be part of it too. You know, it, you don't always have to be the fastest guy out there or necessarily even the fittest, but if you can get out front, you know, and obviously he's, he would hope that those guys aren't right behind him, but go as hard as you can, as long as you can, and take a third or a fourth or whatever in those first few rounds, you're losing five points a weekend. It's not a big deal. One DNF from any of those guys, yeah. it's all erased. Yeah. And the other thing he's got going for him is, uh, it's not often Hangtown in June is 72 degrees, right. probably cloudy. So another little little bit of luck there yeah, for him a, right now. That's a gift from the heavens yes. for the guys that are out of shape or coming and back from Over one, my first year here, Glen Helen was 100 and something, the first race, and then we went to Hangtown and it was like 108. And in that bowl, I remember, I'd been living in Europe, I forgot what Africa was like. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, this is hot. We were sitting there, I'm like, I'm in good shape, but I was sweating on the start line, going, this is gonna be gnarly. And it, and it was, so yeah. this is a nice little uh, It's a nice weekend. Change. Yeah. Uh, also another thing to look for are the rookies. Uh, Levi Kitchen, Nick Romano, how can they uh, spin their first experiences last weekend into this round? Uh, I like what I saw from both of them at times. You know, they, they obviously, they wouldn't have star Yamaha rides if they weren't talented. Exactly. But uh, to be able to run up front and kind of see that lead pace, that you learn so much from that. So again, if they can get starts, be really fun to see. I, I don't see those guys coming through the pack and finding their way to the top three. Maybe not so much now. I mean, not obviously yet. if they came out of the turn of 30th, they could get to 20th, but uh, no, I agree with you. They need to go and run that pace up front because it's hard to explain sometimes, but they're talented, they're fast, they're good. But when you get in that mid-pack battle, you're just trying to go where the guys yeah. aren't. So you're not finding those great lines. You're not getting that, that rhythm, that pace where you can just start chipping away at your lap times. So I think for them, as you said, good starts again is gonna be very important. Because a lot of times, even with a good start, you take a lot of the guesswork out of it. If there's someone who's really good, if you've got Jet Lawrence in front of you, I would say follow every line that he takes. Yeah. Unless it's really, really terrible, then change that one line, but do exactly what he does. And all of a sudden you start going, well, hey, I would have ran more insides or more outsides. And then you go, ah, he's just making the most of what the track's giving right now. There's more traction there. The holes are you know, not as severe there. He's skipping breaking bumps there. So it's just those little things that when you're racing, you're trying to go fast and you're just hitting those bumps and hitting the deep ruts and the holes, it can be frustrating. And then some guy comes by and you're like, 
oh, that's how you do it. <laughs> so they're going to improve each and every race and start putting that those whole motors together. Yeah, and it's so much harder to to go whatever your potential is for speed when you start in a in the middle of the pack. Yeah. You you get stuck suck into their speed, uh, and I this was a big problem for me at the nationals. Was I if I started fifteenth. Man, I was running the 15th place speed. And I could, even though in practice I was going the speed of the top five, yeah. I couldn't get back up to that speed. Now, the second moto, I'd get a second place start and I end up on the podium. Yeah. That is so damn frustrating. It's very few guys that can just, just go, nope, I know my speed. I'm going by you and they're gone. It's very difficult. I think it's a combination of the tracks, the bikes, and just how close, you know, back in the day, I felt like there were bigger gaps. All the bikes are good, all the teams are good. Every, it's so much closer, which is is what you're saying. You get stuck in that pace because he might only be a quarter second slower than you, but you just can't find a way to get around unless he makes a mistake. And then half the time he makes a mistake, yeah. swerves into you. Well, Caroli spent uh, the better part of 20 minutes following Alex Martin around. Yeah. You don't think Tony yeah. Caroli's probably a little faster than Alex Martin? I mean, once he got by, he left him. Yeah. But it's very, very difficult when you, you know, the margins are so thin. The last couple guys in that 250 class I'm looking for uh, is Seth Hamaker and Austin Forkner. Again, both good flashes of the week, opening weekend, great starts for Seth, but he did fade back a little bit, and, and maybe some of that's fitness, maybe it's nerves. I'm uh, just going to keep an eye on those couple of pro circuit guys because I think they are podium contenders yeah. uh, once they find their, their rhythm. And again, a team that needs, needs a little shot in the arm. Yeah. They... Isn't it interesting how the juggernauts change, right? You know, uh, you go back to Honda in the 80s, and uh, then, you know, Chaparral even had their little run with McGrath. Pro and, circuit won every pro championship. for a long time, they won a lot, almost they won everything. everything, right? And it just goes through these cycles, and now it's Yamaha, Yamaha, and yeah. now you could almost say, well, it was well, KTM, it was Suzuki for a while, then it was KTM for a while, I mean, it, it keeps changing, but it's interesting to watch. And now you're looking at Honda, everyone's kind of talking about it, you know? Well, the Lawrence uh, boys sure certainly make it look that way. All right, jumping up to the 450 class, peeking ahead, can Chase Sexton keep this going? You've mentioned he's always been good at Paula. I don't think anyone doubts his ability or his technique or his speed, he's incredible. Can he keep it on two wheels? Can he, can he run out 24 motos without having a big one? That's the question. I'm gonna say probably no. I mean, not that I, yeah, not that I wish anything bad upon him, but Chase is very talented, um, and I expect him to be consistently near the front. The things that's always hurt him is, um, you know, I feel like when Ricky went down, he was running to the bike before the bike stopped. When Chase goes down, the bike doesn't stop cartwheeling for days. So it's like when he goes down, it's a, it's usually a pretty big one. And and, and I've seen a, a, quite a few DNS from him over the years, whether it's motocross or supercross. So again, can't live in the past. Moving forward, he's going to be mature, more mature than ever. He's going to be aware of these things and know that people will say, hey, take what you can get. I, you know, I don't know if he wants to win so bad that sometimes he feels like he has to push so hard, but... Um, with his style and all that, he shouldn't be having as many big crashes. Yeah. So to me, it I want to see when he's out front, I think he looks good. But if he gets a bad start or something, is he going to panic or have that meltdown and have that big crash? Mm -hmm. That's going to be the big question. But as far as speed goes, I think he's a podium guy every moto. There's this razor thin margin between, you know, you'll hear the guys say, I kind of let the race, let the track come to me, be patient, versus, no, I, I want to win, I'm I'm going. And... Yep. You can't be too lackadaisical, but you can't be too aggressive either. Yep. You wind up missing a shift and on your head, and it's yeah, like yeah. Excite Bike, where your bike just keeps cartwheeling and you're trying to run to it in slow motion. Well, and, and that's so true right there. And that's what I noticed on the weekend. 
he sat behind Roxon for quite a while, both both times. You know, you could just see he was like, all right, I got time. I don't yeah. have to force this right now. Yeah. I'll sit and wait. And then he waited for the right time, pulled the trigger, quickly got a little buffer, and then was able to just kind of, I think, just race the clock, as we said, just check his lap times each and every lap. And the only time I saw him look squirrely at all was when he made that pass on Kenny in the second moto, up over that big uh, ant hill in the middle of the track, and he just sent it a little far, landed into some braking yeah. bumps, and he got a little squirrely, but gathered it right back up and made the pass. Yep. And outside of that, it was just a master class uh, that he put on in terms of, like we just talked about, patience when you need to be patient. Kenny passed him back, he said, okay, watched, learned a little bit, and then made the push at the end when he needed to. He also looks um, like he's maybe doing stuff off of the bike that's got him just better. He looks like he moves well, he's got the right strength where he needs it, really good with you know using the hips and the, and the knees and the thighs. So um, that technique's gonna help him at most tracks. To me, it's just gotta be, he's gotta cut out those little mistakes and yeah. he'll, be, he'll be really, really good. Second question I have, does Eli Tomac figure out setup? He admitted bike settings weren't quite there at the first round. He had some arm pump, which is normal. He doesn't always start great. So how quickly and how big does he rebound? Well, I think for him, he's one of those guys that historically Hangtown's been a pretty good place for him. Mm. You know, as a rookie, as a rookie. he dominated yeah. both motos. But again, if you're not 100% comfortable on your bike, that's not a place that's really fun to ride. If you and your motorcycle are fighting each other. So um, again, because he's had success here, it doesn't mean he's gonna do very well this weekend. I do think that Yamaha 450 is a unique bike to ride, um, but it seems to suit him. Um, and I was gonna say it earlier, how often do we see guys when they win a Supercross, they've had so much focus on Supercross winning that title, they have that motocross hangover, and I think he's experiencing it himself but if he can go 7-4 and that was a bad weekend, I think Eli's got a, yeah. lot of, a lot of juice in that tank right now. He's gonna be just fine. I was worried it was his knee. He says it's exactly. not, the knee's fine, so awesome. I'm excited to watch where he goes because he's not gonna be content with fourths and sevenths. No. So that'll be fun to watch. And then again, how much does Ryan Dungey improve? You know his fitness, his race fitness is gonna be there. He hasn't raced. Yeah. You know, he didn't even do, I don't know that he even did local races or anything else. So, I don't think he did. So <laughs> you just show up and race the national and get fifth, crazy. Um, I think he's gonna not have nearly the nerves, right? He's gonna be like, okay, I'm back. I'm getting to get back yeah, into I'm this back rhythm. Where I belong. He knows he's top five, so he knows where he sits. That that alone gives you a calm, right? That you're not going, where do I fit in? I have no idea. Maybe I could win, or am I gonna be fifteenth? He wouldn't have been fifteenth, but you know, twelfth. Twelfth could if have you been fifteenth. That would have been like, yeah, well, that's what you get for being retired five years. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I think that's gonna be really fun to watch. Is how does how quickly is his curve of progression? Because he won't settle. He's yeah. not going to settle into fifth. It's going to be really interesting, and I don't think we could all speculate. Every one of us out there, but no one really knows. But my gut also, which was wrong last time, has told me that I think Anderson, Tomac, Barsha. I think there's a, a, at least a handful of guys that are going to step it up a notch. Mm. I don't know because Ryan the Diesel. He's never been the fastest guy on the planet, but he's always been consistent. He might be 1% better, but I think you could see a 10% improvement from the other guys. Mm. So I truly believe to back up another top five is gonna be harder this weekend, I think. If he does, again, he's just blowing minds. And I, you're absolutely right, because the next guy I wanna talk about were Caroli and Anderson. Anderson rode amazing. You go back and look at his lap times, he's, yeah. he could be up there with the leaders, he just had first turn crashes. So I expect a big, 
Uh, rebound from him this week. Caroli, again, was a guy that I thought should have been at the front, could be at the front. Um, and you said maybe this track would be a little more Euro, might suit it. Yeah, like Hangtown, with all that dirt they brought in, they've got those longer ruts where he's good at standing through those, keeping his feet on the pegs. Like I just feel... That hard, shiny base, that's that's very GP. A little GP. bit Italian-ish, yeah. you know. So I really think that this track will suit him more, and uh, I think it gives him more of an advantage than maybe a few other guys. And um, if he did have arm pump, I'm sure it'll be better. He'll yeah. get some motos in this week, change some things. So I expect a little more out of Cairoli. So it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I think Cairoli can make that jump. I think Dungy's going to, I don't want to say on a plateau, but it's going to be really hard for him to really make big gains. Mm. Interesting. And now, you know, what I want to see is like we talked about, Kenny and, and Chase had such a gap on everyone. But they all had something yep. going on, you know. You're and not going to see those gaps on. again. It's it's going to tighten up, and that's what'll be fun for us yeah. as fans. We get to to see that mix up at the front. Even if Chase and Kenny are one and two, I promise you, third, fourth, fifth, sixth are going to be closer as we go forward. So, well, as I said earlier, they're not all going to be up front every moto. So it's also going to be who who can manage the damage control and not panic if you're mid pack. So who do you go for uh, top three in both classes this weekend? If you got to pick. I hate doing this. Kind I know. Of <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Lawrence brothers, and maybe like you said, Justin Cooper. Okay. And then 450. Um, Sexton, I think is just riding too well to not be on the podium. I think Eli gets on the podium, and the other guy's either gonna be Anderson or, or Kenny. But I'm. I might just go with Anderson. Sorry, Kenny. Okay. Um, I think that uh, Max gets up on the box. Ooh. Lawrence boys with Voland in the 250. And I'll give you, uh, gosh, it's hard to bet against Chase after what I just saw. I'll go, Ooh. no, you know what? Anderson wins this weekend, I'm saying it. He was on the gas last week. He's going to need a big ride back. Jason Anderson gets starts. He's first, followed by Chase, followed by Eli Tomac. That could nice. be totally wrong, but that's my guess. <laughs> we usually are. <laughs> we usually are. Uh, hey, that's part of the fun, right? Thank you guys for tuning in to Sight Lap. Stay tuned. Every Thursday, we'll come to you uh, podcast or on YouTube. If you don't subscribe to Whiskey Throttle Show channel, do that, and these will come drop directly to you. You won't have to be. You'll be notified. If not, you can find us on YouTube or on your favorite podcast provider. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. All right, as always, we've got to thank the people who, who make this show possible. And we've had some companies that stepped right up, didn't even hesitate, namely Yamaha. Uh, I am just so stoked on this brand and this company. And, and not just because they're winning everything, which they happen to be. Uh, you know, the Star Racing Yamaha team has become a, a juggernaut, kind of unlike we've seen since the Honda days of the 80s. Has one manufacturer, one team been so dominant across both classes? Um, it's really crazy. And, and here's the thing that the Yamaha Blue Crew offers, which is really cool. Uh, contingency at all amateur events, okay, which is important. If you're if you're trying to be a, a, a high-level amateur, man, it's expensive. You gotta have a, a company that's supporting you. Yeah. Uh, technical support videos online, which is great. Trackside support at all the amateur nationals. How big is that? That's one thing I do love with, with Yamaha. If, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're on a blue machine, if you go to any one of their rigs and you need a radiator or a, a hub, if they got it, they will give it to you. Mm -hmm. um, they truly believe in you're part of the family. And uh, they do a lot of cool things as, as well as, like you said, the demos. I think that's a huge deal. Um, you know, people are often wanting to know what bikes feel like, and it's really hard. You can't go to your local dealership and just, there's not a motocross track out back. And of course, with all the 
legal uh, ramifications, yeah. you have to go to one of these uh, events and try them out. And uh, there's also a reason why the Yamaha 250 and 450 are arguably the, the number one selling motorcycles in North America. Well, and I get this question all the time is, hey, I, I ride some track and some trail. Do I want the 250F or the 250X? Which one's better? And, I'll, and it's like, well, man, I don't know. I don't know where you're riding. There's, I don't not, know. there's not a huge difference, actually. But I was no. say, if you're not a pure moto guy, get the X. Yeah. It's a lovely all-around bike. Absolutely. And you can put that thing on a track. And Absolutely. You hardly even notice the difference between the two. But I'm just saying it's great to be able to go out and ride all the bikes and go, you know what? I didn't think I would like it, but I like the 125. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that thing. The new know? 125, I haven't ridden it, but I've heard oh, a lot of good things it's about awesome. it. It's awesome. It's so awesome. Riding schools, they've got apparel and merchandise. So get on the winning team. Join Yamaha's Blue Crew. I also want to thank Nihilo Concepts. These guys stepped up and been a huge partner with the Whiskey Throttle Show, and uh, they didn't hesitate when we told them we were launching this new project. And they make, they're basically the originators of frame tape. They've perfected it. Uh, if you're looking for something to get, get a little more grip on the side of your bike, look at their frame tape. They also have lever grip, which if you're not familiar with those, it's kind of an idea. There was things like this a long time ago in the 90s. Uh, lever skins, I think they were called. Did you ever have any of those? As a kid, I thought those were awesome. No, I did too. It wasn't really a thing in, in South Africa, but a lot of the uh, glove companies went to putting all the, the grip on the end of the fingers. Yeah. Now they got into this minimal version so it doesn't. So a lot of gloves don't have that grip. So that all of a sudden the lever tape makes well, sense. The lever grip just, it slides on. You take a little torch and you heat shrink it on and it shrinks on super tight. So it doesn't add a bunch of thickness to your lever, but it gives it a little more grip and a little more comfort. And particularly if you're riding in cold weather, it's super nice because you don't have that cold metal making the tip of your fingers go numb. That's the coolest thing about that. Uh, making grip donuts that you can customize now. I know that's nothing new in terms of product, but normally you're just stuck with whatever logo from the company that makes it. We've got Whiskey Throttle Show Grip Donuts. You can make them in your own companies, whatever you want. You want to put, you know, set of boobies on there. I mean, they'll make them for you, I think. So hit them up. Good idea. Uh, it's a great idea. We should, we should talk about the it. The tits. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also have what they call the secondary on switch or SOS device. Uh, this is simply, as the name implies, you, you put a secondary little start switch inside your airbox or somewhere where you can reach in and hit it. And if your start button is damaged in a crash, which does happen, or you hit a tree out in the woods and you can't start your bike, you've got a second way to get your bike fired. I actually went through that. Did you? a dual sport ride. Simon Cudby found me. I was in a wash, hit a rock, cartwheeled, broke the start button. And ironically, the week before, one of the guys had said, hey, should we bring these into the shop? I'm like, who's ever broken the start button? I'm like, this thing will never sell. Literally three days later, I was stuck in the middle of nowhere going, God damn it. Of course I opened my mouth. And now, and since then, I now recommend, especially if you're a dual sport guy and you're going out, like you mm. said, in the woods, nothing worse than being broken down in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, well, and having Simon try to bump start you in a sand wash is not, yes, uh, not yes, going to happen. That was, that was interesting. I <laughs> uh, also want to thank Flow Vision Goggles. Uh, look, great goggle company. I'm so stoked on this brand and what they represent. They're very patriotic uh, and make an incredible product. Uh, it's got outriggers for a really sn tight, snug fit. Nose guard that's removable if you like it or don't. I always run it. Great foam. It's got beads on the strap so it doesn't slide. Um, all kinds of things. Thicker lens. It's a three times thicker lens than the standard goggle, uh, which brings more clarity. And here's the best part. Retails for $56. So this is a, a high-level goggle. Uh, and you can probably buy three of these for the, what it would cost you to get the uh, you know, top-selling goggle at the moment. So 
check out Flow Vision Goggles. Amazing company and uh, amazing products. I'm stoked on these things. And finally, I want to thank uh, Coach Rob Beams over at Complete Racing Solutions, uh, the leading resource for health and wellness and performance, where results are driven by the science of performance. Coach Rob's got that experience both uh, in person. He was an Olympic-level triathlete, and he's also got a master's degree in uh, physiology and kinesiology. He just he understands how to do things and why you should do them, and that is a big component that I think a, lo a lot of trainers are missing in this sport, so uh, I love it. So if you're interested in training, nutrition, hydration, recovery, injury prevention, flexibility, all of those things. He's got so many resources on his website. Uh, so check out Complete Racing Solutions. We're stoked to have them all on board. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we'll be back every week to share some fun stuff with you. We'll see you.